Hello, heathens. Welcome to the final episode of season one of Heathen Podcast. It arrived a lot sooner than I thought it might, but it kind of makes sense in the scheme of things. Not that I have a full schematic or anything really closely resembling a long-term plan for Heathen. I'm just doing what I've done since I decided to start recording spiritual conversations for the godless. I'm looking at what's here, right in front of me, and following the signs, one step at a time. Thanks to taking those steps and seeing where they've led, I've gotten to know people I would not have met otherwise. I've spent extended, intimate time with close friends and strangers, and the insights I've gained from these conversations have pretty much completely changed my trajectory. I'm astonished at the new vision and purpose that carry me forward now. I'm amazed at how my intentions have not so much changed, but just become so much clearer. I've gotten so much more comfortable living in my own paradox through these conversations. Being a heathen who craves spirituality, a church-going apostate, a quote-unquote worship leader who isn't so much sending praises into the heavens as he is proclaiming and championing the goodness of body and spirit, mind and matter. I've realized something significant about why I'm making this podcast. In the first episode, I wondered about it. I said, why am I the person making this thing? There are so many other people who are arguably doing it better, who are more credentialed, who are more natural in the microphone, and who are further along in their deconstruction, who have actually started the process of reconstruction and have some valuable tools to offer people struggling to extract themselves from bad religion. I'm not those people. I don't bring those credentials, and I don't, I don't have all of those skills. But here's what I've come to realize about myself and why I'm the person who's making this thing. I'm the person making this thing because I'm the person making this thing. (laughs) I just went out and did it. Without credentials, without a toolkit, without a program or a self-help strategy, I just decided to start making the thing that I knew I needed. All I had were my stories, my own experiences, and my own perspective. And it turns out... That was all I needed to start with, because here we are, 15 episodes deep, and I feel like you and I have traveled somewhere together. I feel like we've actually moved somewhere. We're not in the same place as we were last October when I tepidly sought out my first guest, my friend Leanne, and asked her to talk about coming out of evangelicalism with me. You and I have been communicating, mostly through this podcast, but also through emails and exchanges on social media and even in person. You've recommended people for me to meet, and they've become guests on Heathen, and and some of those people have given me some of my favorite spiritual insights so far. I decided to make a thing, (laughs) and because I did it, I now have a whole host of new relationships and tools. There is actual community where before there wasn't. And that is absolutely astonishing to me. What I've realized about why I'm the person making this thing is that it's a privilege to hold space for other people. I didn't always see it that way. It was not always a privilege. It was sometimes kind of a burden 
At least that's how I perceived it. I used to get annoyed anytime I had to quote unquote be the bigger person and mediate or mitigate my friends' feelings and emotions. I have a really short fuse, and I would often find myself asking, people, can we just keep it moving, please? Do you know what has become my favorite word over the past couple of months? It's the word soft. I talk about what that word has come to mean to me in today's conversation with Kate. So here, I'll just say that becoming aware of my own hardness has been one of the biggest gifts I've received in making this podcast. Finding ways to soften has showed me exactly why I am the person to be making this thing. I have big hands. I can hold a lot. I take up a lot of space, physically and emotionally. When a person like me becomes soft, he learns that all of the bombast and personality and bigness is a very, very special gift. All that space I take up, I can learn to make it available to other people. I can be a soft place for people to land, especially folks who are taking steps away from bad religion with no idea of where their feet will come to rest as they walk away. Making space for people is a fucking sacred act. It is a ministration, and I thought I was done with ministry years ago. Who knew? So... Why bring season one to a close right now, right when things are starting to thrum and vibrate and make a little bit of sense to me? Well, I'm just going to ask that you stick with me and trust that it will all make sense in two weeks when we launch season two of Heathen. That's right. I said two weeks. No extended hiatus. We're just plowing ahead, following those signs like I've been doing since day one. So you might wonder how that changes anything beyond calling it season two. Well... For one, when I say we are plowing ahead, I'm not using the royal we. Season 2 of Heathen is going to introduce a new co-host, and I can't wait for you to have this person in your ears every week. It's going to be awesome. Oh, and did I just say every week? Yes. Yes, I did. We're going to go back to weekly episodes, but they won't all look the same. The format of Heathen is going to be expanding. There are going to be new types of conversations and experiences that we're recording. The core idea remains the same, spiritual conversations for the godless. But I really think you're going to love where things are headed. So, my heathen friends, thank you so much, so, so much for taking this journey with me. I can't wait to see where these next steps lead. I'm so proud and happy to be making space for more and more people's stories. And I'm just absolutely reveling in this beautiful space of godless spirituality that we are creating together. It's beautifully paradoxical and fitting that season one ends with a conversation with a pastor. (laughs) Kate Christensen Martin is someone you've heard several people reference on this podcast. She's a co-pastor of Sojourn Grace Collective in San Diego, And she loves to preach unbelief. She is such an incredible person. She's a huge inspiration to me. And this conversation is just, it's fucking beautiful. I'm excited for you to hear it. Enjoy the stories and wisdom that Kate has to share. 
And I look forward to talking with you all again very soon in Season 2 of Heathen. Until then, keep doing your godforsaken good. Spiritual Conversations for the Godless. I'm Matthew Blake. Welcome to Heathen. I wanted so desperately to be close to this God I thought I loved so deeply. A divine presence always loving me? Nothing could seem more precious. But God's love, so pure, so holy, so good so needed, so desired, it also seemed so unattainable. They promised me I'd find this love in the innermost sanctuary of the temple, only if I was cleansed of all wrongdoing, only if I was good enough, only if I tried hard enough, searched long enough, reached high enough, sacrificed all of myself, and trampled over other humans to get there. I'd find you in an ancient text, they said. I'd find you in the church building, they said. I'd find you in the words of the man in power, they said. It was only when I became so exhausted by the chase that I gave up caring for this God anymore. Only when I lost the taste for a loving divinity at all. It was only when I quit trying that I stumbled upon you, right where you'd been all along. While convinced there really was no one to find after all, that God was simply a man behind a curtain pretending to be in control, I stumbled right into your unconditional, ever-present love. I washed my hair in the ocean with abandon, standing in a bikini top, no longer ashamed of my protruding belly and flat chest, and I found your spirit in my own fierce self-esteem, shouting a hearty fuck you to a world that tells women their bodies are not their own, and at the same time, the only thing about them that has any worth. In that fuck you, I found God's pure love holding me, a woman rising, a spirit awakening, a soul healing from the abuses of worldly power. And then I began making love instead of having sex happen to me. And I began doing what I wanted and naming that a holy calling. And I began speaking into microphones and calling out bullshit and tenderly whispering life back into tired people. And absolutely everywhere I went is where I found you, holy God, mother of all living beings. I found you in the wreckage and the reckoning. I found you in the worship music and the donut bar. I found you in the garden and on the street and in my broken heart and in my broken relationships and in my tears and in my body and in my sisterhood friendships and in my marriage struggles and in my triumphs and in my fears and in my sexuality and in the eyes of every human. I find you loving me when I don't give a shit. I find you loving me when I don't get off the couch. I find you loving me when I'm irreverent and when I'm wrong and when I'm apathetic. This love that envelops with zero requirements of me, this is the love that compels me. This is the love I live for. The love found in dirt and mistakes and grit and messy human lives. I no longer search for you or try to please you at all. I simply open my heart to whatever is. Okay. It's so fun doing a podcast with you here, but in totally different ways. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Because usually... <laughs>
now go I'm in. I'm kind of like sitting there quietly in the corner. And I'll have like moments of like, I want to turn to Matthew and like say something right now, but I can't because he's not supposed to be here. <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to be a documentarian. <laughs> Wasn't when... there like one time <clears throat> where you said something? I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. But I think that was the only time we've broke the, yeah, whatever the you call it. The third wall. Yeah. Fourth, fourth wall. Which one is it? For? I have no idea. Which one is it for a podcast? For a podcast. <laughs> it's just like the producer wall. Yeah. Yeah, like I popped my head in the room. But no, we get to talk now. <laughs> Yay! Um, heathens, hello. <laughs> Hi, heathens. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm not supposed to say anything. No, yet. I Sorry. love it. Please, <laughs> say it. I've been dying to say, Hi, heathens, because I listen to you say it all the time, and I love it so much, so well, and we I've had, been really we excited. Well, we had that conversation where I was like, I, f- I, f- I feel awkward sometimes yeah. to use it, because it's like... Such a loaded word with mm-hmm. traditionally negative connotations. So to call people that can feel a little like aggressive sometimes. But that's why I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so subversive. Mm. It flips everything upside down. I love it so much. Mm. Yeah. I like it too. <laughs> Every I, time you call us that, I like, I, I get chills. <laughs> I just love it. Uh, yeah. Thank you. So you're kind of like, you've been name dropped here a few times. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> More than once, for sure, <laughs> because our worlds overlap a lot, and a lot of the people that I've talked to on this are, you know, I've poached. I've poached yeah. from from your people mm. from the faith community that you pastor, yeah, lead, yeah, co-create. Yeah. I don't know. However, you describe it, <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> what Which do is we like, do there? I know, I know. I'm really excited because I've obviously talked about sojourn on this a lot too. Yeah. But I don't think I've actually, like, had much, like, I don't, it's probably kind of weird to people. If somebody's just, like, coming into this fresh and they hear, oh, this guy, like, wants to talk about, like, being heathens and leaving faith and all this. But then they hear me say, like, the church that you go to. Yeah, like, I go to this church and I leave music there. Like, I haven't done the, I haven't, like, told that story or done that journey yet. Like, I think. It's true, you haven't. Yeah, so it's kind of, I think maybe we can, like. Do you maybe, want it right now? <laughs> unpack. Well, no, I want to get to it. Yeah. Because I want people yeah. to get to know you first. That's awesome. Cool. So, Kate. Hi. Christensen Martin. <laughs> um, uh, well, let's... Uh, I always like to start with the guest, the, the person introducing themselves, because I don't want to do that for them. I want oh, them cool. to be able to, like, say who they are, who they want to be. Um, cool. For the purposes of a spiritual con- conversation for the godless. So, Awesome. How would you like to be known for the next couple of hours <laughs> um as kate <laughs> kate yeah um so yeah i am a pastor spiritual like we fumbled over trying to name what i do and I, that's kind of just how i feel about it that's every time someone asks me to describe like who i am what do i do well first of all every time have you noticed every time we go to say who we are we say what we do yeah like, i don't know how to get around that but anyway. I know. well you know it's funny so this episode hasn't aired yet but Haley, um yeah. actually it will have aired by the time. By the time this, this goes out, yeah. Out. <laughs> That's how it works. Haley in podcast started. World. Yeah, Haley started out by saying that exact same thing. She was oh, like, "Oh, really? I don't want to say, you know, like what I do or whatever. I'm just so, I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. Yeah. I'm an auntie. I, you know, like she started, and then she started naming like personality traits about herself, which oh, I thought cool. was really cool too. Go Haley. That's brilliant. It's really good. See, I struggled with it, but then didn't know what to do with it. So I just <laughs> defaulted to the norm of saying that's, what you do. But that's totally no, fine. I love like, it. That is a very Okay. Human I'm going to, I'm going to copy Haley because yes. I love Haley. She's one of those people that we were referring to yes. who's our shared mutual mm-hmm. people. Um, so I'm going to copy her because I would emulate everything that Haley does in life and be totally good, you know? <laughs> 
Including rapping. Including rapping. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Secret dreams. Yeah. Uh, So she described herself like with attributes about her personality. Oh, that's so great. Okay. So I'm fiery. Mm. Um, You can't really shut me up. Uh, I say what I think. Um, I'm obsessed with mothering and feminism and all things feminine. Mm. Um, I'm soft and fierce mixed into one. I can't even separate them. Um, they're the same to me. Um, I'm obsessed with life. Like I changed my, uh, this is like you too. I've heard you say it even on this podcast, how like you change your favorite of something every five (laughs) seconds based on what experience you're having. That's so me as well. Everything's my favorite, but it's just cause I love life. Like this is my favorite coffee. This is my favorite wine. This is my favorite restaurant, but everything is, um, cause I just love the experience of life and everything's intense for me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a super intense person. I feel everything intensely and, um, experience everything intensely. Um, Yeah, and I have a family that I love and adore, um, a partner who I do life with. Mm. Um, We co-create and co-pastor and co... We do everything together, um, Colby, uh, including raise four boys together, um, ages 6 through 13, Mm. which is amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I love my life, and I don't know. That's about it. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. That actually came really naturally. You Good. Had, you had I'm like glad. A, a lot right <laughs> See, there. See, I haven't the heard surface. the Haley episode yet. So when I listen to that, I'll be like, oh, she did a way better job than I did. But no, 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 no. no. I, it's, it's unique to the individual. I just it. find that so fascinating that we do that. That we do. When we go to talk about ourselves, that we just go straight to, what are you? Yeah. I, so I was, a, um, I was a stay-at-home mom for, uh, I can't even remember how many years. I think 10 years of ju- doing just that and no yeah. other, I didn't do any other work outside the home or inside the home. How did you introduce um, yourself? When? And so, yes. And so that whole like phenomenon of that's how we describe who we are, that causes all kinds of identity issues. Mm-hmm. If you don't really have like mm-hmm. a thing. Um, and I refuse to ever do the, like being a mom is my job thing. Like mm-hmm. there's all kinds of reasons why I don't like that. And I, and I never liked that. So therefore I just, Anytime people asked you to just like, like a moment like this, I would not know what to say, you know? Yeah. Cause that's what you do. You say what you do and I didn't do anything. Yeah. So that's bizarre. And it takes yeah. a little bit of like, I'd never, I, I probably still wouldn't like default to talking about like my character act- attributes, right, or my, the qualities weird. of my personality. Yeah. But like I want to, like I would right. much rather do that. I think that's so much right. more interesting. And it is not. Let's start a thing. Yeah, let's, let's do let's it. Let's start a new phenomenon it. and like completely shift the whole yeah. thing upside down. <laughs> no, but what do you do? No, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, it yeah, takes a little a bit of like thing. you have to have done some work. I yeah, think, and you have to have some self confidence and like true love life. Well, that's another like thing about me about. is that I constantly do my work. I'm like obsessed with. Um, emotional intelligence and psychology and like personal work. I'm one of those people that owns like all the books and <laughs> goes to therapy like as many times a week as my therapist will allow me to, I don't know why I'm just obsessed. I think it's part of that loving life thing. Yeah. Like I just want to get to the depths of everything mm-hmm. all the time, and you, you know, yeah, you, the intensity. I would say more than anybody else in my life, I might need to turn up my microphone. I'm just realizing that <laughs> I look kind of quiet on the recording. Hello. Can you hear me? Um, (laughs) Excuse me. But yeah, you are one of those people in my life that have totally inspired me on that level of Mm -hmm. doing, doing your work, like doing your self work. I mean, I've told you this before. Like I, I just kind of sat for so long in my 
like rejection of my faith. Yeah. And just kind of like let that be. Yeah. Um, and I've actually been, I told you already, I've done, I've done the deep dive greatest hits of Kate Christensen Martin today. Um, I love you so much. Like to prepare, (laughs) to prepare for our conversation. Cause I, you know, I wanted to like, you spent way too much time with me today, even though I just showed up. I have spent a lot of time with you today. It's been great. It's been really, it's been helpful for a day that probably would have been like truly shitty if I didn't have that, that. So thank you for guiding me through my day. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I just, like, for so long was just blah about it all. And I I, I turned my focus elsewhere, basically. Like, I yeah. just, I invested in, like, my first boyfriend. I invested in, like, just where I thought my life was going to go career-wise and things like that. Right. But I, I let this stuff just kind of fester and sit and not, I didn't deal with it. Yeah. And... And then, you know, I moved back to San Diego and Mm. (laughs) it was like the week that shit was going down with you and Colby and you guys were deciding to start... To start a church. A church in San Diego. And you were so connected to all the people that we were doing that with that you kind of got sucked into the vortex. (laughs) I kind of did. And and it was kind of against my, like, I mean, obviously I, no one dragged me kicking and screaming. Like I came of my own volition, but it was also like I had moved back to San Diego with a very, like I intended... To not to do stay away. church, yeah. For the really the first time in my life, um, like I just wanted to, I just wanted yeah. to like I just wanted to know what it was like. <laughs> what is it like to not right. do church? But right. um, what's that like? Yeah, I don't know yet. Still don't know. <laughs> um, although I I do kind of know because at, at least for those first couple of years, like I only yeah, you know I you came, came when you were doing music yeah. for us. So that was part of the thing is like you're. A gorgeous musician, one of the best I've ever known in my life, oh, and thank you. you got sucked into our little world in a number of ways, and one of them was please do music for us. Well, and it's a it's a yeah. thing for me too, yeah, like, because it it's is. like I I'm not a butt in a seat, right? Like, I don't do that right. very well. You participate, um, yeah. yeah. I need, I, if I'm gonna be involved, I need to be involved. Yeah, um, like I need to do something, make something, yeah, like contribute. But yeah, one of the things that I don't think you say about yourself, but that I say about you all the time is that you, and it's funny because I know it's a major, probably a major trigger for you as well, which is part of why you don't say it, but you co-founded the church. Like you helped us create it and start it like against your will, like, but, but not against your will because you were showing up, you know, like you, I've never even like thought of that. But think about it though, were it not for you and all of the energy, like I even, I could cry right now because I think about how all of the heathen energy you brought to the space that <laughs> made Sojourn what, and you and I are the same in that, right? Like yes. we've talked about on my podcast about yes. how like I showed up to this, we're going to start a church, but we're going to do it in a heathen way, right? <laughs> yeah. Like we brought that energy and were it not for you and all that energy you brought, we wouldn't be who we are today. And you brought all that. You wouldn't have brought that same amount of energy. Were you a butt in the seat? You brought mm. it all because you were up front mm. and you were speaking into the microphone and that voice came through in everything that we did and made Sojourn what it is today. Hmm. Um, we, you know, we wow. wouldn't have that space that holds all people. Mm. <laughs> heathen, a church that holds heathens? Yeah. We are that church because it, of the energy that you truly, bring. Well, you know? thank you. I mean, I... Wow. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that, but it, it, it absolutely is. It's tr- true. It is a church that holds, yeah, all... And that's like the thing that I... It's the one thing that I'll... I'll say, you know, most Sundays when I am leading music, I'll be like, you know, 
it doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. Um, James, I did just take her out, but um, you know, she'll. I'm sure she'll love another walk. But just so you know, <laughs> if she doesn't pee, that's why. <laughs> Hi, um, uh, Oh, what I say. Um, you know, oh, you, you always say I, when yeah. people walk through the doors, they yeah, don't have to do anything it's, it's else. just that, like, that, yeah, you don't yeah. have to do anything. There's no yeah. checklist. There's nothing. Like you're you're part of it already, just by showing up. Yeah. Um, and that's important to me because. I come from a series of situations where I, you know, w- <laughs> the things I either believed or did um, invalidated my participation right. and, and the kind of participation that I want to be involved right. in, you know, like contributing, like right. making music, doing something on yeah. the, you know, a strategic level. Like I, I, I <laughs> yeah, I, when I um, started dating men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's what I, w- I was part of a church that I'd helped to start here in San Diego. Yeah. And it was that decision. Everybody knew I was gay, but it wasn't until I actually started dating that, um, you know, it became an issue. Yes. And there was like this seven month period there when I was in my first relationship, um, ever really, um, that I had stepped down from the leadership team. Right. Um, and was no longer leading music for this church. And like for seven months, I just went and I was a butt in the seat. And it was like the most excruciating, painful experience. But you had to, because that was their, like their, their rule book said that you could only participate in that way because of Mm -hmm. who you were dating. And that's why it's so important that your voice is the one that tells people at Sojourn the whole thing about like you walk through the doors and you're fully, you can fully participate because every church says that. Yeah. The words don't matter oh, at they, all. They, do. they don't matter. Every church says that. There's no church that stands Come up there you and from are. the microphone says, by the way, some of you can participate and some of you can't. Nobody mm-hmm. says that. Everybody says everyone's welcome just as you are. Um, I know everybody's a part of this. Everybody belongs, all that. And so that's why it matters so much that voices like yours are the ones that say it at Sojourn so that people can trust that it's real this time, that Mm. it's true. Because people know who you are. They get to know who you are and what you stand for. And so when you're the one that says it, they trust it, Mm. you know? Yeah. I do know what you mean. I know what you mean because, like, you are that for me. Like, Mm -hmm. you were that person at Sojourn that really was the gateway, like for me to be able to even come those first few months when I was mm-hmm. just like, like we're in, when we were in your living room yeah. <laughs> sitting yeah. on your floor. Um, Cause my close friends who were going, were all, you know, still identifying identifying as Christian, as Christian pretty much. And, yeah. 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 And Colby, who I absolutely love and have like been on a, this whole other journey with um, over the past four years, you know, he's like, Bible believing, not like yeah. traditionally yeah. like Bible, but you know, but, like, yeah. like he loves the Bible. Like, so for, for me, yeah. like you were this like little sliver of light coming out of this place where I was like, okay, I can see myself through Kate, like in this mm-hmm. space. Um, uh, not that anybody, you know, not that Colby was saying like, you have to believe anything no, either, but, but just to be able to identify with, yeah. with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big deal. Yeah. So. Basically, we're, what we're saying is we all created the church together, and were it not for each other, we couldn't have done. Yeah, like, we so couldn't true. have created the space that we did, and the space Ugh. that we created is one that I mean, 
Do you even know how to put it into words? I don't. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I, I don't, don't either. Tell the story. So actually, that's probably you know? why I haven't I like bet. gone into it a whole lot is because yeah. I don't know what to say. Like yeah. I just know that I go on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I do a thing that looks very much like church, right? <laughs> and and it's entirely different. And it's yeah. yeah, it's a completely different experience. Yeah. than what I grew up in. Yeah. And I don't believe the same things that I believed growing up. Yeah. Um, but I get a better, I, I get a better experience yeah. you know, now. Yeah. Oh, that's why. So that's why your podcast and when you call people heathens um, is so moving for me because <laughs> unbelief is so much more important to me than belief. Um, like when people say the word God, sorry, I'm just going straight into the, like the deep theology let's stuff. Jump in. It's just what I do. Yeah. That whole intensity thing. I'm like, so let's talk about what God is. <laughs> um, no, but like when people talk about God, when they use that word God, like what does that even freaking mean? People go around talking about God as though that's like this known experience that we all can agree upon. Yep. We know it's this being that exists. Why? Why mm-hmm. do people talk about it like that? Mm-hmm. What do you have that tells you that? And so for me, if I were ever going to talk about a God, it would only be through a human experience, a human lens, because that's all we got. Yep. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. And so if I were to try to describe a God, I would use human experiences like love, peace, justice, belonging, connection, all the thrill and wonder of life, mm. right? Um, I would start describing specific experiences, like having my child lay his head on my chest, you know? Um, Colby and I pushing through the worst fights we've ever had to find that, like, we couldn't do life without each other. Mm. Um, Conversations with you um, about stupid fun stuff and really shitty hard stuff. Like, that's God to me. Mm. That's God. That's the only thing. Anytime anybody tries to explain God in a way that isn't human, I just tune out like yeah. i can't even go there with them because yeah. like, i don't know what you're talking about right now i know human experience i know human life i don't know anything else this otherworldly thing you're talking about what even is that yeah. it makes no sense to me and then matthew on top of that what's so wild to me is that being said if like all i can comprehend and understand about some sort of god is like human stuff what i found is that i only experienced that in times of and this is just personal to me. I know other people, it's different, but I only experience those, whatever words I use to describe some sort of God, like all that connection, belonging, beauty, all that. I only experience that during times of unbelief, not during times of belief. Mm. You know, like if I was ever in a place, because I have been in places in my life where I was like, I believe, and then I could spout off all this theology and doctrine, right? And in those times, I found no God there. You're so ever. right. But in unbelief, I have God like in me and through me. And that is like, I live and breathe and find my being in a God when I do not believe a thing, when I have no idea what the hell to say to anything. What does this all mean? I have no fucking clue. That's where I find this quote unquote God. experiences I have from my childhood and young uh, whatever adolescence and young adulthood yeah where I I can like look back and feel like I see (laughs) God yeah quote unquote are exactly that there are times when I was lost you know like did not have because yeah most of my life I had the answers I I had the the Nicene Creed and I had you know, a gazillion prayers I could pray. I had, yeah. I, I had every Bible verse memorized, you know, I could pull them all yeah. out, but that's not when I've 
What beauty and connection and belonging did you ever find there? Yeah. Did you ever find no. there? Yeah. No. So when people do ask me that question of like, what do you do? Like when that's how you describe who you are, like, I'm like, I stumble upon some sort of, well, I'm a preacher, but I preach unbelief. Like I, bre- I preach digging into like the painful, messy parts of life and like having some sort of experience there. And then name that, that weird God word that we use that people have associated with all this other worldly shit. Like name it God so that it's like this subversive yeah. thing that flips it all upside down. Mm. That's, that's what I like to do as a The preacher yeah. who preaches unbelief. <laughs> I'm like constantly like during the conversation, mm. I'm constantly like listening for the thing, like the, the title, what I'm going to call the episode, <laughs> like, and then like the things I'm really going to pull out, mm. which sometimes causes me to not be very present. So feel <laughs> free to you. like pull me back <laughs> in if back I'm in. like starry eyed, mm. but I love that the preacher <laughs> who preaches unbelief. Um, yeah, we've, I, we, I love that we've dived like right into <laughs> like the deep end, in there. <laughs> but I want people to like get to know you a little bit too. Oh, sorry. So like, we were no, doing that. no, yeah. yeah, totally. Like Although where, like where, <laughs> what is, what is your spiritual background? where do you come from? Like, yeah, I, Jesus wise. Yeah. All that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I grew up in, um, a fun little, like, uh, so my, the church I grew up in was called open Bible, which is like assemblies of God, Pentecostal type world, you know, so like super charismatic, um, you know, like all the hands in the air during worship and, you know, even falling like down on your knees, crying, um, and then like preaching constantly about what was called the gospel, which I entirely refute, but, um, constant preaching about like what you believe sends you either to hell or heaven. Just, there was just a ton of that Mm -hmm. growing up and then super patriarchal, um, just surrounded by constant reminders that men are the head of all things. Yeah. Um, male headship was huge in my life. Open Bible. I mean, if I heard that on the street, I might think, oh, like if I heard that today, I might think like, oh, that might be a church where that might be cool. Oh, because the word open? Cool with me, yeah, because the word open is such a like... It's now I so closely it associated yeah. with, but yeah, they're probably just need like literally like the Bible is open, right? And so we're I think reading they've it. actually because of the way that terms have changed now today, I think they've actually gone and changed. I don't think they use that term, hmm. that name anymore yeah. in that world. Because um, you're right, the word open is. I think we've taken that. I think that's one we've redeemed and now we use for <laughs> what it should mean. Yes, but yeah, I think it did just mean like having your face in the Bible all the time, which yeah. is a perfect representation of how I grew up. Yeah, mm. definitely. I was reading. Um, <laughs> As part of my tour to Kate today, I was reading um, I can't, about church, or I can't remember what it's titled. Oh, but yeah. you have everybody. Kate has a website. It's katechristensenmartin.com. Yeah. And all of your writing, I don't know all, but a lot of your writing is on there. And there's just some really great stuff. But there's a yeah, there's an article on there. I think it's called about church. Yeah. And you tell a little bit of your story and like growing up in that patriarchy and what that did to you and how, well, I, I mean, I want you to, to I don't want to re, retell it here, but like, yeah. I, I was, I, I really appreciated how you, you spoke about how church was like the safe place for you as a kid because yes, school was scary. Was. Like mm-hmm. other places were scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of were able to just like push aside the fact, like you didn't have to engage as much with the fact that, Oh, I'm a girl and I'm, I'm not as. Yeah. I ignored those things that, that deep in my soul always bothered me. So I, I am yeah. a, f- fiery personality. My, my, um, dad still to this day tells the story of coming home from work when I was three months old and finding my mom curled up on the bathroom floor, reading a book called how to deal with a strong willed child. So that's, that's my fire right there. That's just, oh my God, that's so great. Three months. Yeah. So like, 
all those things, patriarchy, people going to hell, those always bothered me in my soul. Like, absolutely just so fired up about it from a young age. Um, being told that the men are the head of the household just absolutely enraged me at a very, very young age, mm. um, especially when I was seeing um, the ways in which men treated human beings. That just didn't make sense to me that to say that these people are the leaders and they lead in really unhealthy, detrimental ways. That just didn't make any sense to me from yeah. a very young age. But yeah, I I write about how um, I pushed all of that aside because life was super scary for me. I had a ton of anxiety and um, some learning disabilities that made school so difficult and I was awkward and weird and I think a lot of it probably was that fire that I'd go to school and say whatever I thought and that was strange like mm. people don't do that or I go to school and cry because I feel things and express and so I just didn't fit in but at church um I did at church I I knew the recipe for quote-unquote belonging now now of course I know that's not real belonging it's fitting in it's not really belonging yeah. but as a kid it felt like belonging yeah. you know it sure. felt like it sure I could get the answers right I knew how to raise my hand and say Jesus is the answer to Absolutely. all the things you know I could do that and so I felt safe there because yeah. I knew I, at school I didn't know the answers it was too hard but at, mm. at church I felt really really safe even though I was horrified by a lot of the thoughts so I could just compartmentalize they say women can't compartmentalize, but we sure as hell can. <laughs> um, I just put all that stuff on the back burner and it was just like, I'm just not going to think about it because I'm safe here. Yeah. Yeah. So then you, but that it surfaced at some yes, point, right? It like surfaced. it surfaced in high school. It <clears throat> super surfaced. Um, I don't, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah I was going to say like, was there anything in particular that like. Well, I, so I became what I loathed. I became. Let's just dive into the talk about gender. So yeah. um, that that whole patriarchal culture that I loathed so much is birthed from this misunderstanding of gender that the church perpetuates and teaches, which says that, you know, males are this thing and it attributes all these these human experiences, mm-hmm. human experiences to being male only, and then all these other human experiences to being female only. And so what we do is we we make gender, we make male and female, um, these separate and opposed ideals, right? And when we do that, um, what we do is we end up exaggerating the attributes. So when we, when we make, um, strength, a male thing, Mm -hmm. we make it separate and opposed from tenderness, which is a female thing, right? (laughs) And what ends up happening is that we exaggerate those because we've separated them when they're supposed to be together. They're supposed to be married. Strength and tenderness are supposed to be married. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be braided together. They're supposed to exist as one um, in all of us. As an individual, I'm supposed to be strong, fierce, and tender. (laughs) Hi, Jade. Hi, Jade. Um, but, But we've separated them. And um, we've caused a chasm. We've caused all this this fracturing in our own human identity. And when we do that, we exaggerate the traits because Mm. we've separated them. They Mm. don't have their counterparts to work with in perfect mutuality as they're supposed to be. Right? So they get exaggerated. So what happens is male strength, masculine, quote unquote, strength becomes violence. And feminine tenderness becomes weakness. Submission, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I became weak. Mm. I became submissive. And I found myself at 15 years old in a really abusive relationship. Mm. Wow. And I stayed in it for a long time, loathing myself because, again, I had that fire as a young kid. I never would have put up with something like that. Right. Here I am at 15 years old just becoming weak because I didn't know how to be masculine. Mm. I was told that that was something that was for the males. Right. 
And so I just lived in the complete tenderness. And with, when tenderness doesn't have strength to um, complement it, and, and lift, it yeah. yeah, and to be integrated, to be whole, it it becomes weak, yeah. absolutely weak. Uh. Um, and so when and then when you become super weak, I think you hit rock bottom, or I did, um, and became so weak that I hit rock bottom and and realized, oh fuck no, like I'm not doing this. I'm not becoming that woman. No, Mm-mm. I'm not weak. I know I'm not weak. Um, and I just got all my fire back and that's, I mean, that doesn't happen for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like that's wonderful that you had that experience because yeah, yeah, I, I, there are people I very, very, very close to me who probably would absolutely relate to your story up until that point. Yeah. Um, And it makes me really sad to think about the fact that Maybe they didn't encounter that, you know, that ability to, to rise. You know, that's like one of your favorite words, right? right? Yes, <laughs> rise. It is. Um, I have it tattooed across my arm. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and man, as you're talking, like I'm I'm thinking about my own experience and like conversely, like soft is one of my favorite things right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, we just had um, one uh, someone at Sojourn Grace, um, our friend Catherine wrote a play. And it's this gorgeous piece. So freaking good. It's beautiful. It's for, for families and kids and adults. It's for everybody. But um, it's also, you know, written with kids in mind to kind of help um, teach uh, principles of acceptance and, like, like being able to see through someone else's eyes and um, racism and, like, really, like, hard stuff um, for, like, elementary school kids. Yeah, it's it, like, really, addresses bullying and, yeah. like, how to deal with it. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. really good. And I... I mean... Uh, Catherine, sorry if you're listening to this. Um, I'll own up to the fact. <laughs> I'll own up to the fact that you know, at the beginning, I, when I kind of walked in, I was like, "Oh well, you know, this is cute, but like, it's not really yeah. for me. Like, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, these are lessons I've learned, kind of thing, or whatever." Like Enneagram Eight, you're like, <laughs> need to be against. Uh, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit contrarian. <laughs> This is cute, guys. This is cute. <laughs> <laughs> but by the end, by the end, I that's what I went up to her and I told her I was like, Catherine, mm-hmm. I, you you made me soft. Like, wow. you you chip 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 chipped away at me over the past ninety mm-hmm. minutes, and um, like that's one of the things I'm so trying to live into yeah. now because that's the piece that I learned was not okay. It was bad, even you though didn't. like I I'm like I I'm a super soft person actually. Like you it's are. actually like. I cry at, you know, yeah. like complete nonsense, bullshit c- commercials. Google can make me cry. Like, totally. Um, you are the most tenderhearted person I know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yet it's like the thing that I have tried to, you know, largely sub- subconsciously like tried to suppress for so long. Well, you were told to lock it away. Every yeah. male is told mm-hmm. to lock that away. Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And I love it when, I love those moments now. Like, I loved the end of that play when I was, like, crying at every, like, it didn't matter, like, what anybody said, because it's a very interactive play, and Mm -hmm. so, like, audience members would, like, shout out and, like, get to go interact with the actors, and, like, anytime somebody would raise their hand, I would just, like, it would immediately just, like, make me want to cry, because I'm like, that person is being so brave right now, and, like... Um, and she had this like affirmation for us oh, of every time someone did volunteer, everybody yeah. together would say, you, you are, are brave. brave. Oh my God. And I, I yeah, like <laughs> so even being good. able to proclaim that to someone else, to a stranger in that made moment, you weep. made yeah. me weep. Yeah. So, and I loved it. Like I yeah. loved by the end that that was where, 
my body was, yeah, you know, um, because I didn't walk in that way. Yeah. So there's yeah. the good side, Catherine. Like <laughs> that's the no, she's that's the good thing yeah. you did for me, and I'm sorry I came in all hard. Yeah, man, the gender stuff, like, that's been, that's been the thing, I would say, like, the 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 legacy, I mean, hopefully I have many, many more years to learn and grow and experience mm-hmm. life with you, but, like, it is, like, that's going to be, like, a legacy thing that you do for me in mm-hmm. my life, just so you know, <laughs> like, um, this is the other thing I want to, I, I want people to run to, like just push pause on this podcast right now and like <laughs> run to this and listen to it now. It's your, oh, this is what I wrote down at work that I forgot the notes. So mm. I had the actual date. Um, I'll put it, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, it's a message you gave at Sojourn Grace on Mother's Day, mm. 2017. Yeah. So there you can find it that way. Um, Sojourn Grace Collective Podcast, um, May of 2017. And it's a message on mothering. Yeah. I think it was called Relate Love Looks Like Mothering or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, um, well, first of all, you just had this badass um, approach to, was it John Piper? What did I do? Oh. <laughs> Somebody wrote an article about um, the, well, the inexcusable hubris of uh, humans trying to change the way that Almighty God chooses to refer to, quote-unquote, himself. Yes. And this article, the whole premise of this article was that, like, God always refers to himself as a him. Yes. You know, um, and doing anything else is inexcusable hubris, yes. And idolatry. <laughs> inexcusable hubris and, and idolatry, idolatry for us to, like, of, try to, yeah, yeah, call out feminine characters and g- characteristics yeah. in God or anything like that. Yeah. And you like you're like put that on the I screen. I read the quote, yeah. put it on the screen, and everybody in our church, our very like <laughs> feminist church, was squirming in their oh seats. Like, gosh. why did she put that quote on the screen? Most of all, me. <laughs> you were so uncomfortable. I'm like, what is Kate doing right now? <laughs> did I ever tell you the story of? Because Colby makes the slides for my sermons. Did I ever tell you the story no. about that? He saw that slide and he put like I forget what he did now. <laughs> did he put like an asterisk he and say did. like? Sojourn doesn't believe this. <laughs> something like that. Like, not that. Yeah. You know, yeah, but something yeah. like that. And I forget what it was. But I went over to him and I saw that he did that. I said, you need to take that off right now. It's not, I need it in there like this. And he was like, okay. Like, what? I'm going to trust you. So great. It was so great because then <laughs> you did this gorgeous thing of, like, this very methodical, well thought out, <laughs> well rehearsed, like, or maybe not. Maybe that was, like... You're just your fiery spirit, but it was beautiful. And you go through all these scripture passages, which was not necessarily a huge thing that you did a lot at that time either Mm-mm. at Sojourn. Yeah. You didn't use the Bible a ton I don't in, tend in your to preaching. Do that. Yeah. yeah. You've 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 done it more in recent months. But um but anyway, so and you like you talk about like Isaiah, like God talking about giving birth and mm-hmm. God's womb yeah. and all these really awesome yes god's children being held to god's breast yes. and, yeah yeah and, and it's all in the bible it's not it's like all, i made that up it's all, it's bible. all there i was it's just listing it all oh, bible. No, 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 no. 
and you're like, so it's inexcusable hubris <laughs> for us to take the way, <laughs> and idolatry, <laughs> for us to take the way God herself chooses to represent herself. Oh my God, it was so awesome. So yes, listen to that. Please, please, please listen to that because it changed my life. And um, I took that sermon to my mom. <laughs> I told you about that. That was a, it, it like, like, that's something I needed my mom to hear. And I think she is probably still processing, but um, <laughs> mothering is like the, to, to think that I can be a mother in this world. Like I can have mothering characteristics and qualities. Yeah. Um, talk about being soft. Like that just like melts me. Yeah. You can, and you do. I've, you've mothered me. I've, I've been held by you in my most vulnerable moments um, I've been reminded of who I am by you. Um, I've been given space when I've needed to just work through tantrums. Um, I've had life whispered back into my dry bones by you. You've mothered me in so many ways. Absolutely. Yeah. If there's any hope for this world, it is mothering. You know, it is women rising, which heals men. Absolutely. And just mothers the world back into fucking wholeness. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's that whole like separate and opposed thing and all of those traits being exaggerated and separated from what they're supposed to be working together in. That's what mothering does because mothering is something we've decided is feminine, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And and it's a social construct. Gender gender and the whole mothering versus fathering, male versus female is a social construct. And um it's it's just caused a lot of fracturing in our world. You mm. see it in all of the violence against women. You see it in all the violence against LGBTQ people. Um, our world is clearly fractured in mm. the realm of gender. And um, I just believe that since we have done the fracturing in a way that has elevated the masculine and um, demeaned the feminine, that in order to cause healing and wholeness the feminine has to be resurrected, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I just believe that mothering, the ultimate act of femininity, yeah. is the hope for us all. Absolutely. You know, men practicing mothering, I cannot think of anything more world-changing and Absolutely healing than not. that. No. And I've seen it. I've seen it in our lives. Like, it's not like this theory. It's a theory that I created, but it's also something I've seen played out, actualized, lived, and have seen, like, actual life-changing miracles come from, you know? Mm. Um my my relationship with my life partner, um, we're married, but marriage is so patriarchal that I have a hard time talking about it and saying like husband, wife, marriage. So like, <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> my life partner who I happen to be married to. He's <laughs> <laughs> a man, I'm a woman, we're married, but anyway. Um, but you know, marriage is like rooted in patriarchal, yeah. like people still Ownership have the husband give the, or I'm sorry, the father, the father give yeah. the woman away like literally that's because the father owned the woman and had to give her to the and we still do that as like a like talk about a way to show that we still have real issues with what we're talking about here gender but anyway what was i saying oh my marriage so my relationship with my life partner (laughs) call it a marriage if you want whatever our relationship is like a perfect example of how that has has been lived out because so we oh so we were telling my story a little bit like that whole like getting my fire back at age 15 or whatever of like hitting rock bottom in that abusive relationship. Um, but what happened is my mother passed away Mm. and losing her, she was like my, um, 
tether to the world. Like I don't, I, like I lost her and felt like I lost gravity, like mm. could not live life. Like I couldn't breathe. Um, she was everything to me and I felt like I could not live without her. And therefore I dug my heels back into church world. Like all that stuff I had compartmentalized and set aside and then eventually fought against when I like hit my fire of like, no, this is wrong. I, I set it aside again because I was so untethered. I was so, I don't know. I just, I'd lost all grounding. I needed something. And, and religion does do that for people. It does give them like something to hold on to, you know, like that whole, like it can be a crutch, like a religion is a crutch thing. It's real. Like it was absolutely my crutch. Mm -hmm. I I needed something to hold on to. So I dug in. And so I married a perfect, I'm doing air quotes here. People, you can't (laughs) see me, but like a perfect godly man, Mm -hmm. you know, like wanted to be a pastor, knew the Bible front to back, could quote it, had all the answers. Um, and so we got married, as you do in that world, at 20 and 21. Um, yeah. Just absolutely rooted in patriarchal culture. So our marriage was very patriarchal. Our relationship was very patriarchal. Yeah. Um, we lived into our gender roles. We live in, lived into a hierarchy. Um, he was the head of the household. And I don't know that we would have even specifically named it that way, but, I mean, it was in our being, you yeah. know? Well, and that's what happens when it's like when something's in your being, you're not even right? conscious like enough talking about of it, it yeah. to yeah to so give, like I'm like oh Colby, you're the head of the household, I'll do whatever you say. That's not how <laughs> yeah, no, it plays you just out. do it. Yeah, you, you just, just live it. it. Yeah. Exactly, mm. you live it. Um, and then again, I had another like reckoning. Like I got to a point where okay, I lost my mom. Okay, but I know how to be tethered without her. Like I know because I'm not even without her. Like she's still here. I know how to. Like, I'm a badass. Like, finding my masculinity again and marrying it to my femininity. Like, I did that again. I had another moment, like, just like I did in high school, coming out of the abusive relationship. I did that again and came to my life partner, Colby, and thank God he's such a person that, I mean, truth be told, obviously, it's hard. You grow up in that. Your wife comes to you and says, so everything we've been living is bad. We need to change it all. That's not going to be easy, yeah. especially if you're on the higher end of the hierarchy. Yeah, That's right. going to be painful, <laughs> right? Totally. Um, but he's the most beautiful human that exists on planet Earth. So oh. he walked the journey with me. And, um, and I just think that our relationship is like this perfect living out of what I'm talking about, where I found my masculinity, he found his femininity, he now like tenderly mothers the world. Yeah. Like have you've seen him do that? Oh, like yeah. just tenderly holds us in our most vulnerable spaces. Like talk about like holding people to the breast of God. Like that's what Colby does. Mm-hmm. You know, he mothers people. And I like badass lead people and call bullshit in that like masculine, you know, guys, I'm the boss, do what I say. And so when a like feminine woman leans into her masculinity and a really masculine male leans into his femininity, you, what you find is two individuals, because here's, here's my big theory is that this fracturing that we've caused of the male and the female and all that stuff that we've named it, it, is in the self. So like people tend to think that we need to do all this work in our world out there, like fix the world in the way that, um, that patriarchy is hurting women, all the violence against women, all of the ways in which women are subjugated and, and, um, just all the issues that causes in our world. People are constantly talking about all of those very practical ways out in the world where that's a mess. Mm -hmm. I agree. That's all an issue. We got to fix it. Equal pay, violence against women, all of that. Right. But I think it starts with the self. Like I'm very much obsessed with, inner work leads to like the outer work. So I think when we heal the self, like when each individual 
takes the masculine and the feminine and marries them in the self and becomes a whole individual, whole individuals are what bring wholeness in the world, you know? So you find in like my relationship with my life partner, two individuals who found wholeness and then go about the business of bringing wholeness into the world. Right. I, you're absolutely right. I, my stance for so long was to really set myself up in opposition to what I saw going on in the world. Um, that I thought was wrong with it, you know, Mm -hmm. everything that you're naming, but, but out there, you know, like all of the problems. And so I would, you know, I would write against it and I would like take these really, you know, Oh yeah. Like like, be vocal, like out there. Yeah. Like thinking, thinking that this is like my path. This is what I'm, this is what I'm equipped and called, you know, and meant to do with my, my eightness. Like, (laughs) um, and yeah, more and more and more and more. I'm, I, everything you're saying is just ringing so true with me right now because I find myself, well, you even like had, you um, (laughs) pointed out uh, this like random Facebook interaction that I had with a stranger that you noticed um, where I had, I had, I said, God damn in a Facebook post and someone else who none of us knew came in and was very offended. yeah. Yeah. was super offended by it. And I didn't respond with any kind. I was just like, I'm sorry, you know, like, sorry that that happened for you. Um, <laughs> and you, you, you like came to me the next week and you're like, I can't believe you didn't like <laughs> go off on this person. <laughs> and I was like, huh, yeah, you're right. I didn't. Um, actually I've talked about this on the podcast, I think, because it was part of my, yeah, it was part of my conversation with, um, James a couple episodes, few episodes ago. Um, about that realization that like that's kind of like that's what balance is for me like mm. it's like knowing i can like like have that fiery response if yeah. i need to yeah um which honestly i had to go through i think that period of like just being very radical and outspoken yeah. and vocal and yeah. loud um, about my, you know, shouting it from the mountaintops and making sure that there's no way I was going to be misconstrued. Absolutely. <laughs> um, because I didn't grow up where, where that was permissible. Right. You know, that, that was definitely, even though like that, you know, that type of masculinity is championed in the church in my world. Right. Like it wasn't cool. Yeah. <clears throat> for me. Yeah. To be that way. So that probably really, because of the things you were choosing to speak probably. to, right? Like if you had been that fiery about like male headship or yeah. people going to hell, that probably would have been okay. Yeah, probably. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So I had that, that had been suppressed and oppressed mm-hmm. in me for so long that I needed to like break free from that for myself. Yeah. And you're such a justice person. Yeah. Like that's so Every, yeah. you to... my, my, my ex-girlfriend, <laughs> um, like that <laughs> I was, love you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that was the thing she is like, we're still friends. And she always says that to me whenever we're together, she's like, you're so justice oriented. Like, like that is what matters to you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it really is. But now I feel like I have the option that I didn't, I've never really had before. Like before it was either I just shut up and like, you know, status quo and this is right. the way it is. Or I rail against it. Right. Loudly and dramatically. <laughs> right. Those are the two. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those and are now two it's like, I don't need, now it's that, it's that, it's the inner work. It's me. Like I'm going to braid. Yeah. I love that image. Braiding tenderness and strength like in me so that that i that when i am out there in the world yes Mm -hmm. and not even in the world like yeah out there in the world like that's why 
I, I'm not, I'm getting zero satisfaction out of social media anymore mm-hmm. where I used to like, yeah. I used to like feed like probably a really negative, unhealthy oh, right, yeah. thing in me. You were super fiery on there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And now it's just like, ugh. I've seen you change in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not yeah. interesting to me anymore at all because mm-hmm. I want to do this instead. I want to sit across the table. That's such a beautiful picture of growth. Like I love that so much because there's nothing wrong with the Took fiery me long enough. <laughs> but that's the thing is there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's just step in the journey and every mm. part of the journey is valuable and gorgeous yeah. You know? and yeah we and meaningful we, as hell we love our past selves right like that's the yeah. other thing we have to do is like totally be generous and gentle with but ourselves. i do see that growth in you of like yeah taking it from just this constant outer to nope i'm good inside and from that i'm yeah. gonna do work that really matters oh, yeah because yeah. oh, this so this beautiful. is what matters to me like yeah. now like not i don't like let Facebook have its wars. Let you know. Let people rail politi- yeah. politics and everything. Yeah. I will still believe what I believe, just as like fiercely as ever. And if if I, if the situation calls for it, like if I need to defend my positions or whatever, or really if I need to defend someone else, like yeah. I'm there for that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I'd rather sit down. Yeah. talk um maybe a little more about you know i've heard you talk about your mother a whole lot um over the years but um i mean this is this is huge in your in your journey and i think how you became who you are so oh so you had talked about digging in a second time oh yeah like that was yeah when your mother passed like okay i'm gonna anchor myself back to this church that i know yeah um one of the things in your about church piece too that i just loved uh, you talk about how, well, how committed you are to church, <laughs> yeah. quote unquote, right? Like yeah. today as a, you <laughs> so know, weird. as the pastor of unbelief, like, okay. <laughs> um, and how, how much passion you must have to like someone who fights for something that's hurt them so deeply. Yeah. Like, like there's something real and beyond yeah. there. So like, I don't know what, yeah. unpack I some know. of that. Like, Oh what, God, how do you, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's everything that we've said really is that like uh, humanity, like actual human life matters to me so much. I grew up with this like hyper-focus as I know you did as well, because that was conservative Christianity, this hyper-focus on like this otherworldly shit, like God mm-hmm. and heaven. And I'm sorry to use a mocking tone, but I just, I don't get it. Like, what does that have to do with my life here yeah. now? And what does that have to do with this world, this actual ball of dirt that we are on where things are going down and things are shit? I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And we didn't talk about that. I didn't grow up where you talk about that. So no. at our church, we talk about that. Like, that's that's what life is about to me. And so again, if I was going to like name any sort of God, it would just be in those terms. And so... I think the reason why I'm so passionate about about church is because to me it's just a group of hu- humans doing humanity together and talking about what actually matters to humanity. Yeah. And <laughs> and to grow up with a group of humans mm. getting together, doing life together, 
but not talking about the things of humanity was super dysfunctional. But I saw in that the potential of what it could be. Like, do you see what you're missing here? You are meeting together every week, sometimes three times a week, four times a week. You could be doing life together and doing this beautiful thing, but you're like missing what actually matters. Like humanity, life here now, this matters and you're missing everything that has meaning because you're like, you're checking out, which is all traditional Christianity is. It's a checking out system. Hmm. It is a way for people to check out it uh, in term, even to the point where it's an evacuation plan. I will get out of here. Yes. I will exit planet earth. Yeah. And that to me is the most fucked up thing in the world. Like we are on planet earth. Yeah. That matters. Your body is here. Your spirit is here. Your consciousness is here. Bodies. Bodies. Bodies matter. Bodies matter. (laughs) Like I'm so obsessed with that. Yeah. Like we were told that not only do bodies not matter, but bodies are actually bad. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like this, this thing that stops you from full life because life is otherworldly it's out there and your body keeps you from it and i just believe the exact opposite your body is everywhere you find everything good because your your body the desires of your body are like for me this was this is super hitting home because the desires of your body are sinful and wrong and and i i have a this is where i really want to be kind to my past self you know (laughs) and just like hug this kid because (laughs) growing up as a queer kid in this culture I have this song from college. Yeah, I think I wrote it my freshman year of college um, called I Will Be Free. And it's, it's, it's actually a pretty damn well-written song. It's pretty gorgeous. I love the construction. Yeah, I love the construction. Oh, no. <laughs> I love the construction of it. I love everything about it, except for the fact that it is this cry from a boy who like, knows that everything about him is just off it's and like wrong and broken. Uh. Yeah. And, and I saw at this point, yeah, at this point in my life, I don't think I saw any, you know, hope or freedom or Mm. way out except for heaven. Like heaven was the thing. It was the thing I clung to, like, I will be free one day. Right. Um, and that is so heartbreaking to think back on now and to like, when I read those lyrics of this kid who just like, like the lyrics are literally like trapped in the cages, paying the wages of my sin. Uh, sin that confounds me. It's all around me. Um, like I, I, it, it, it was, but yeah. So believing that my body, what my body wanted was my downfall was my, you know, one way ticket to hell. Like (laughs) I desperately needed that, that evacuation to heaven. Right. Um, at that time in my life. Yeah. Oh, it's so... It's so heartbreaking. Bodies and sexuality and desire are, like, of the most beautiful things that we experience here on planet Mm. Earth. And to watch, like, whole movements of people here in America denying that, shaming that, locking that up, and then spending their whole lives not experiencing it. What a fucking waste of life to not experience Mm. desire. Sorry, do you have an explicit thing on your podcast? Yeah, you're fine. Don't worry. Um, yeah, to go through life and not experience your own sexual desire, your own body, to not enjoy those things yeah. fully and completely. Like, you are missing all of what is good. You really are. And what is life and what is God. 
You in the uh, piece you read, um, which we'll weave through this conversation. Hopefully, by this point in the conversation, we've already gotten to this part in the piece. But um, <laughs> the masterful producer will make. I'll sure make sure. Yeah, so, someone will make sure that happens. Um, but yeah, what did you say? You said I I started making love instead of letting Having sex, sex happen, happen to, me. to me. Yeah, yeah, that's a. That's a started calling what I wanted a holy calling. Yeah, that's a big shift, a big change for yeah. people like us who grow up thinking that. Yeah, like, yep. Oh man. Yep. I love my body, and I have no shame in that. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, you're you're again one of the places where you and I like completely connect. You're you did this post. Um, you did this post I th- uh, several years ago now, but it was a selfie, and you wrote about why, <laughs> why you selfie, and it was. I mean, you laugh and like a selfie, like funny, but it was like one of the most meaningful pieces yeah. ever written. I, I shared it with everyone I knew Aww. because I, you, you talked about how the reason why you do this silly, ridiculous social media thing that people do is because fuck, you were told not to like yourself, mm-hmm. and now you're gonna live into like you are good, mm-hmm. you are good, you yeah. Matthew. As a body, as a person, are good. Yeah. And a selfie is just one way to like live out something that your whole life you were told not to. Yeah. Not to express, and not only that, but like like you said, like suppress it and mm-hmm. and hate it, like loathe it. Mm-hmm. So, god damn it, you're gonna selfie now. <laughs> yeah. You said it so beautifully, and I'm butchering it, but oh, that's funny. But I, Man, I, I, I forgot about that. that. Yeah. yeah. I don't even think about that anymore when I selfie now. You know, it's that's interesting because. Well, I feel like that's a milestone, right? Like that's a mile marker mm-hmm. in the journey for sure. Like for me to, for, back then it was really important <laughs> that I do this for right. me, like for like to reclaim something. Right. Um, and now that's part of me, I think. Like now I don't, yeah, I don't, if have, you don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah, I don't have like to think, fully gone there. Yeah. <gasps> oh, that's <laughs> oh, I nice. Love that. I love that. That's great, that's isn't beautiful. it? beautiful. Oh my God. That's really beautiful. She is called by the ancient of days. Beyond the noise of earthly power, she gets quiet. She listens. She knows what she's been told. The microphone is not for her. She's dangerous. She is to be quiet. She is not to teach, but the whisper. She gets quieter. She stays very still. She knows. With an ancient wisdom, she knows. Quiet is for listening, but quiet is not a way to live. Quiet is not the way to love. She becomes restless in the knowing. Trouble is in the wind. She seeks peace. She seeks to obey despite the ache. She conforms. She disappears. She is undone. A holy disturbance is imminent. She can't make waves, but she is a wave in an ocean of love. She will roar, crashing against time-worn rules. She is not tame. She's an instigator of holy change. She is fire and water and breath. God's love wrapped in skin. She is called to the ends of the earth, called by the ancient of days. There is a reckoning. She unravels. She is raw and terrified and unsure, but she knows she is called. How did you become the the pastor of unbelief? Like, like how so bizarre? Yeah, how does that um, story 
unfold oh with God. you you and uh, yeah so like we your life partner. when i dug into <laughs> my life partner who i'm married to um <laughs> yeah so you know i dug back into like all the belief where there is no god um <laughs> and you know just really dug into theology and doctrine in the church again and and my very special patriarchal marriage <laughs> and um and then yeah and then i hit that point again where it's like rock bottom i can't do this it's so miserable mm. and just got my fire back spoke life into my relationship to that journey with colby we were really moving into that space as a as a couple in our relationship um but i didn't really see the point, I don't think at that, at that, I, I think in that moment in time, I really just needed to burst out of my patriarchal relationship. Mm. That was the most suffocating thing to me. So I needed to deal with that. The church stuff, the God stuff, like I couldn't even address that yet. Yeah. Like I just needed to focus on this one thing that was like suffocating me. Right. Um, but then like we had really journeyed and gotten to a really good, healthy place and it was beautiful. Like a lot of redemption there, if you will, and new life. And then, um, Right at that time when things were getting like, like I have air, like I'm coming up for air, right? Mm-hmm. Right at that time was when things went down in our lives that I won't get into the whole story, but we were at this point where we wanted, we were with a group of people who wanted to start a church and Colby was a pastor and had always been a pastor. Mm-hmm. So it made sense that he would be the pastor of this church. Yeah. So this group of people who were like, let's start a church and Colby will be our pastor. We're all sitting around in a room together and Matthew, so help me. I don't know what came over me. I jumped up in the middle of this group of people and said, nah, I'm not about it. Like, I can't do another church where, like, the dude is the pastor. Nope. If we're going to do this thing, then I'm going to be a pastor, too, and we're going to be co-pastors. There will not be a lead pastor. We will pastor together, the two of us. And I will preach as much as I possibly can, as much as my schedule allows, so that it's not just the male preaching all the time. And everybody just looked at me like, how are you going to argue with that? (laughs) And I became a pastor. And started preaching, and it was like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> so weird. And that's how I became a pastor. <laughs> so odd. It's so fucking and they, amazing. Yeah, and they ordained me. And then um, the like fourth Sunday that we met, I was like, I'm gonna preach, and I just like wrote a sermon and preached about. And it's like the worst sermon ever. I mean, you can look it up if you want. It's called Masks, but it was like all about like I, I was like obsessed. Not. I was obsessed with pain. I was like because we grew up in a church. Well, let's get to this. This will be good. Um, we grew up in church world where you do not address pain. You do not address heartache. You suck everything up. And and actually, the way that you know that you're like a good person of faith, the way that you know you're not a heathen yep. is to be joyful, yep. to be happy, yep. to not have problems. And so that really messed with me because like I grew up with a dying mom. Like That was my entire existence. That's painful shit weaved all the way through my life. And the church constantly going, nope, you got to be happy. And then she died. And it was like... Oh, well, God, okay, so we believed in, sorry, we're bouncing all over the place, but this is so related. So yeah. we believed in healing and that you you prayed for healing. And so you constantly prayed for this person who was sick. She had brain tumors, um, really serious, inoperable, like um, terminal brain tumors. And you, you prayed and you anointed the head with oil and you believed that God would do something miraculous, right? And then the person dies, and you still have to believe that God answers prayer and that God does miraculous things. So when she died, people all people did was they switched from God answered prayer the way that we thought God would to God answered prayer, and that her healing was that she died. It was like this really <laughs> dysfunctional way of like still believing that God answered prayer. Yeah. 
God healed her just in a different way. And again, it goes back to that, like, heaven is the escape is kind of that idea, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it was still viewed as this healing. And I, and I get the very real part of, like, this person isn't suffering anymore. This person isn't in pain. But can we name the fact that we all prayed and believed that she would, like, live and, like, be at my wedding and meet her grandchildren? And that didn't happen. And that sucks. And what kind of a God does that? Yeah. Can't we talk about that? But no, we couldn't. Right. We couldn't at all. And so I was... I was coming from a place when we started our church of like, I'll be damned if we start another faith community where people have to be happy. Mm. Fuck that. We are going to cry. We're going to name our shit. You are going to show up on Sunday. And when someone says, how are you? You're going to say, I'm not doing well today. And whatever I have to do to make sure that that's the environment that we've created, I will do it. If it means my very first sermon, I preach about uh, the holes in our heart and how we're like all miserable people and we need to talk about it, then I will do that, which is what I did. And it was so awkward. <laughs> but, but whatever. I do want to go listen to that now <laughs> because I bet it's not nearly as awkward or bad as you are oh, trying man. to paint it. Um, but anyway. But no, that's beautiful and awesome because we, because you did that, that is still part of Sojourn's DNA. Yeah. It's not our everyday we're, we don't right. We're still happy people. Yeah, but, so yeah. There isn't like a miserable church name. by any right. means. But there, there are absolutely like there yeah. are like times when we just freaking name it, and yeah. a lot of times it's related to like maybe the you world. know tragedies that are going mm-hmm. on in the world. But like also just internally, like that is something that you can you can show up, and I've had that experience over and over again with with people with with sometimes near strangers. Yeah. You know, people I don't know super well yeah. who will like not give me the pat smiley. I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, I'm, you know, God is good all the time right. kind of that that attitude right. does not exist. It's like Right. Um if you're not doing well, you get to say you, yeah, you get say, to say we will hold you. Yeah. And we will not hold you and say, "Time to move on now." Yeah. Trust, mm-hmm. let go and let God. We just go that fucking sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm here too. My week sucked too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Living in those pain places was really important to me in starting. So, so yeah. How did I become a pastor? I said, I'm going to be a pastor now. I think it's really important. I'm obsessed <laughs> with that. <laughs> that's my favorite story. And then... Um, I stood up and I said, yeah. no, <laughs> I'm not feeling it. So, I'm going to do it instead. Well, yes. Not instead. In addition also. to. In addition to. <laughs> yeah. Alongside... Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been my favorite thing. It's been four years now, and it literally is my favorite thing about life. Like, I can't even imagine not doing that. It's yeah. just beautiful. It yeah. is. Yeah, and so we started a church where you don't have to believe a damn thing, and most of us don't. We started a church where <laughs> one of the pastors preaches mostly about unbelief, and the other pastor basically the same, too. I mean, he preaches a lot of Bible, but he's yeah. still talking about it, and yeah, you're like, yeah, whatever, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe God's there. And where Holding you can talk loosely. about your pain and you hold everything loosely yeah. and everybody's in. Yeah. There, we described our church. <laughs> You're right. You just did. <laughs> cool. It, I love that. Yeah. I'm going to write those down. Yeah. Because I, I need those when I'm, I'm trying to describe to people. Yeah. Because I still have the, you know, the reflexive, like awkward when people that... I don't, when people who don't know what Sojourn is, like, I, yeah. I, I, I'm very hesitant sometimes to be like, oh yeah, like church, I, right? oh, I have church tomorrow or like, I'm right. sorry, I can't because I'm like doing music at church or whatever. Oh yeah. Like oh. I still have that reflex. Oh, so. totally. It's so awkward. Like I'll be sitting in, in my tattoo parlor and they're like, what do you do? Uh, <laughs> oh God. Well, now you <laughs> How know. do I, I explain I, this? 
I started a church where I preach about unbelief and I hold my <laughs> views loosely and we talk about pain. And we talk about pain. And yeah. yeah. There oh, you that's go. good stuff. Yeah. I love and it. That wraps it up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny too because like while we're saying like I'm that person who preaches unbelief and like just lives in that space, at the same time like practice of some sort, whether you want to call it spiritual practice or like faith practice or whatever is very important to me. Like I, yes, you know, like I obviously because I decided to be a pastor and I run a church and like, um, I don't know. There's things I intentionally do in my life that are connected to this experience I have beyond myself that I don't know how to put words to Mm. and that I don't want to know how to put words to because again, like I said, like all the things that I would describe as quote unquote God are found in like this un space, this unbelief, but it takes practice for me. Like all that intentionality I put around it is important. Intentionally saying I hold space for pain, intentionally doing things that lead me to a space where I can like live in all of that. That takes work and practice, you know? So, yes. So practice, it's, it's taking me, taken me an unbelievably long time to get through my thick skull. The idea of what a practice is, mm. you know, like to practice right? a faith. It's a hard one. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even, even more recently, like, so Chris, my boyfriend loves yoga. Mm-hmm. You like yoga, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have always I just recently rearranged my entire house so that I can have a yoga studio. So yeah, I like <laughs> <Nice>. yoga. <laughs> and um, an office, but yeah. Well, I've always hated it. Um, it's I always been yoga. like, it's always been an hour of absolute Your like, Facebook post when you first did yoga. You're like... <laughs> I love you so much. You're like, I did a yoga. <laughs> that was literally because your it's always status. been. It's always like I'll. I've given it a shot every now and then over the years, mostly because of the people I've dated who wanted me to, and it's always just been an hour of intense, <laughs> deep. Anger and hatred. Oh, that's not the point. Of yoga. I know, right? It's the opposite. Um, but that's like I would walk away just like just mad because you know because of my physical limitations because I uh, I so that. you know yeah. being an eight probably not being able to control like feeling oh, like yeah. I'm, I'm being controlled as opposed yeah. to being in control all of those things that makes sense yeah totally. Um, so it's only been recently that I've mm-hmm. found a studio that is all about the spiritual journey of yoga and much nice. less, I mean, it's, it's about the body and obviously and the, and the physicality of it, but it's like braided with a, um, this is my new favorite term. Um, uh, this, this spiritual journey, which everything else I'd gone to had been like the core power stuff where it's very much about like the, it's, it's like, like let's work out, you know? Yes. Like, and I didn't like to work out that way. Yes. Um, so what are we? Oh, practice. So, so it's been that. hearing these. Are they called yogis? I don't even know the teachers. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yogis. My teacher. I think yogi is more like a cultural term. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I'm I'm learning. Sorry. <laughs> um. Uh. But the teacher, the instructor. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um. Talking. They use instructor. that word yeah. over and over and over again throughout the hour. Like. The practice do what you need for your we, practice like right? how do you feel about your practice like what is your practice teaching you right now and that is what every good pastor should talk like oh yes oh right it yes. so is so is but it took me until you know my mid-30s to like figure out that like practicing 
something. I think this is a sermon you or Colby have given too. Um, you know, like we practice Christianity cause like there's no like right way. Like you're, you're, you're figuring it out. Like you, right. you practice at it. Right. It's a thing that you like. Yes. Um, which again, to go back to the belief and unbelief thing, I'm like obsessed with this because your whole podcast is called heathen and it's mm-hmm. spiritual conversations for the godless. So I'm like yeah, obsessed yeah. with all this, like, I love your premise of your podcast. It makes me so happy. But to like tie that in, the practice thing is super helpful and important for me in my faith because it right there in one word sums up that we don't have to believe a damn thing. Yeah, You know, like Thich Nhat Hanh always says like, um, he's like, people like to call Buddhism a religion. Thich Nhat Hanh is by the way, my favorite spiritual leader in the world. Um, he's like a yoga practitioner, yoga instructor uh, on steroids for me. Like everything he says is Mm. gold. And he says people always want to, and he's a Buddhist and he says, um, people always want to call Buddhism a religion and they want to, um, call it like a faith or a set of beliefs. And he's like, no, that's not even what it is. Buddhism is a practice. It's something I do. It's not something I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Buddhist. I practice Mm. Buddhism. And I'm like, what if we had a world where Christians were like, no, I'm not a Christian. I practice Christianity. Hello. What if we had that? What if people walked around actually like trying to act like Jesus? Like, like, Kate, trying to I could almost do that. Right. I could almost do that. Right. Like, <laughs> like I'm just on the verge of being able to say like, I could practice right. Christianity without calling myself a Christian. Like, like that's almost a language I need, you right. know? Um, man, because culturally, like this is the point I've come to culturally, yeah, I'm, I'm Christian. Like right. it's, I, it's the language I speak. It's what I grew up right. in. You were born into yeah, it. It's, I, like, well, I inherited it's like, yeah. it. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it's almost DNA. Yeah. Um, so that's part of what's been so inescapable for it's why mm-hmm. I never, never, I've never not gone to church. You know, right. it's why like I, I'm like you, like I must care about the damn thing to, right. s- to some <laughs> right. intense degree that and it, it enables me to like, circumvent the pain it's caused me and the, you know, my, the middle finger I want to throw at it half the time. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause who, like, why else do you do a podcast about it? Like, even if like you're couching it in heathenism, like why, like, right. Why the hell do I want to talk about this stuff? Right. <laughs> on some level, it, it kind of matters. These conversations me. matter to you. Yeah. But yes, you're right to, to practice. It, you're, it it completely negates the. It's not about belief. It's not about no. what you believe. No, my life partner, who I'm married to, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep saying that now because it's so geeky and awesome. That'll but, be the title of this. I have a life partner who I'm married to. Right? <laughs> oh my god. No, but he's he's an amazing spiritual teacher as well, and he mm-hmm. always says that um, if the thing I'm gonna butcher this, but he he says everything more elegantly than I. But he says um, if the thing God cares about the most is, is getting our beliefs right. Then Jesus was the most horrible teacher ever. Like right. a total failure. Yeah. A total failure. And the first time I heard him say that, I was like, Oh, right. Right. Try to find where Jesus cares what people think or believe. Yeah. Try to find that. Yeah. Show me. Please. I would love for you to try to prove me wrong. In that. Like you can't find it. Yeah. It's not what it was about. It was about the practice of love and peace mm. and all these things that I was like, if you try to describe what God is, like you, ha- it has to come back to being human, right? The human yes. experience. Yes. And if you do that, then it has nothing to do with what you believe. Yeah. You don't have to believe a damn thing and nothing is required of you. Absolutely nothing is required of you. 
in, in the belief world, in the actions world, in how you live your life and how you practice. Yeah. I mean, not to be loved, but like, no, but that's we'll what, take care of the fucking planet. Yeah. And that's where you're going to find your happy. Yes. I mean, I mean, yes. And that's where you're going to heal the world. Everything you were talking yes. about, like, uh, yeah, yeah. That things are going to get better when you do that. Yeah. It's as opposed yeah. to being able to recite yeah. your Bible verses yeah. and your creeds. So I love spiritual practice and I can't stand belief. <laughs> So I listened to two of your sermons today. Sorry. <laughs> Three, actually, but two in two of them, you um, don't apologize. I this was my choice. And now you're um, sitting and talking to me. And now I'm talking to you about it. Today, but, but you talk about prayer in these a whole lot, and mm. that's I would love to. Dun dun dun. Let's talk about prayer, baby. <laughs> I don't know why that just came out of me. Um, it's I'm on my second glass of wine now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because that is a practice that mm-hmm. I have never thought of as a practice, right? It's, oh, right. It's been a performance. It's been a, mm. um, I mean, I guess largely performance. It's been such an indicator of your closeness oh. to God, your relation, the level Fuck of your relationship. Yeah. Like it's, it's something that you do <laughs> despite getting the sermon multiple times over and over growing up about, um, you know, go pray in your closet. Don't pray out in public, like the Pharisee or whatever, like that, that parable. Right. Um, you know, that was something that a sermon I heard many times over the years yet, (laughs) yet the real actual day to day practice of prayer in my evangelical world was very much, it was, it was a performance and it was like, you know, how are your words going to inspire others, lead others? give others something. Right. Um, Because even in my church, so my church, we didn't have a pastor. We had, there was no staff like whatsoever. It was just a congregation led church. Okay. And so the, the main Sunday service was gathering around the communion table and the men um, and only the men would stand up, like take turns, just kind of popcorn, you know, like um, as the spirit leads you. Popcorn prayer. That's the thing. Basically. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I remember that. Yeah. mm Mm-hmm. Standing up and either praying or calling out a hymn for the congregation to sing or oh, giving okay. a brief meditation and thought, whatever. How interesting. Um, yeah, this was our... It, if that was done well, it could have been If really it was cool. done well! <laughs> it but, cool. but here's anyway. the other side of it. Like, the women are sitting there. My mom still wears a head cover. Head covers, You know, yeah. like, um, yeah. if a woman needs, has anything at all to say, like, she has to go through her husband and ask, you know, it's that whole, like... Right. Your husband will explain this to you, basically. Like, right. Um... We did not talk about pain. My mom and dad got divorced when I was 20. 20. Um, a few years afterwards, I, you know, I was talking to my mom about it. And she was like, you know, no one ever... Like, she's been at this church since her teens. Like, she grew up in this church. Like, went to the youth group. And, it, like, no one asked her how she was doing in the aftermath of her divorce. No one brought it up. I puke, it, yeah. Like we did not, they did not speak about it. So it was that kind of toxic environment, right. like relationally. That is so the problem with everything in our world. Like talk <clears throat> about people being lonely and divided. 
Like that's awful. Yeah. That she was in that much pain and that much life. So awful. Even even if it wasn't painful for her, even if her divorce was like something that was like just needed and yeah. healthy. Like even if it wasn't just like this horrific thing, if it was like, no, I really needed to do this, it's still a huge life thing that's happening to her. Yeah. And to shove those things under the rug is just Yeah, and even if it had been that, then it would have been like, can you help me like celebrate <laughs> like, right. this new phase of my life? Or can right. you uh, you know, can we talk about like the newfound freedom I'm finding or whatever, it, you know, like it just, you just can't, you just can't talk about right. it sleeping under the rug. So, um, all this to say, oh, so prayer in that <laughs> setting, I know, right? Tangentville. We're amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, prayer in that setting was very performative because that's, yeah. all, that's what we did. That's all we did. Like you no, stand up and sense. you pray. Yeah, totally. Um, and totally. so I have real... Hang-ups. Hang-ups and issues. Yeah. Um, I bet. Uh, I mean, so much so that you've seen, like, it, at Sojo, how, like... Yeah. I'm not eager to ever pray. Like, I've the seen eps. the swarm. Yeah. yeah. And I'll I'll, yeah. I'll pass the buck to our good friend, Jess Mitchell, yep. who is so good. Yep. Uh, uh, see, listen, listen to my language right now. She's so good at prayer. Right. Obviously, it's solidified in our brains that uh, this is all about. That's not what I mean. That's not what I mean to say. Um, No, I hear you. But yeah, it's like, it's, it's how we know how to talk about it because that's how we've talked about it our whole lives. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, this is another thing that you've led the way you've paved a little path for me here on this. Um, Mm -hmm. And hearing you talk to mother God and hearing you talk to spirit. Yeah. Um, I've been able to like adopt some of that language too, a mm. little bit. Yeah, I, I still don't like pray regularly. Regularly, right. at yeah. least like not with that kind of intentionality. But right. I am like coming to see other practices as like types of communication with like the inner spirit and like love and things like yeah. that. But you have a really like specific way that you've like come to talk about prayer yeah. in these sermons and everything. So I'd love yeah. to like maybe you can do a quick. Quick so version of your just, really just give quick. your sermon, really. um, or I can just point everybody to that sermon on Sojourn Grace podcast, uh, Sojourn Grace's collective's podcast. But um, well, yeah, it's like what 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 do you have to say about well, prayer right yeah. now for you? Because for yeah. you, it's like a like yeah, it's a practice. Yeah, yeah, it's like a real yeah. But but I say that first. I need to qualify that with I think you heard me reference it a little bit. The pain the pain around then the. Um, experience yeah. like I have a real difficult relationship as well with prayer and it's um it's got a whole history and baggage to it of I, th- I think I referenced it a second ago about people believing that we should pray for my mom mm-hmm. and that she would get better um God, God always answers prayer yeah right God always answers prayer that was like did you hear that all the time yeah. up? I, yes no I maybe or yes no wait like yeah, those were the there was, options oh, yeah like, there's like different kinds of yeah. prayers and then what, whatever ended up happening in your life, there was a way to frame it to say that that was God's answer, right? So, yeah, just a real painful relationship with prayer. Um, but at the same exact time, as is often is the case when you have, like, a shitty experience with something, I had a full circle life experience of um, all that is total shit still, for sure. Like, all that unhealthy stuff, mm-hmm. all that dysfunctional stuff about prayer. I think it's total shit to believe that... that when someone's sick or when you're struggling that you should ask God for help. And then whatever answer God gives you, you should say like, thank God for that. Like God did that. Um, so for instance, one of the worst ways that that comes up is that, um, like someone will be sick and people will gather around and pray for that person. And then that person will actually modern medicine or just luck or whatever it is. That person will do better. And people will say, 
this happens to me all the time, Matthew, where people in my life close to me still in my family to this day will say, thank God or thank Jesus that that person got better. And it still causes, I'm just being entirely honest here, it still causes me to go into a rage, mm. a rage. Yeah. Because really, so so you get better because you prayed and asked for it, but my mom didn't get better even though we prayed. You you know how much we prayed, right? Yeah. You know how much we asked for that? It's so offensive mm-hmm. on just like the most basic human decency Absolutely. level. Absolutely. And the fact that a bunch of humans are going around talking like that and not thinking deeper about it is infuriating to mm-hmm. me. Um, so, so there's all my like baggage <laughs> with you. this practice that I love no, so much. Thank you for, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that <laughs> because like that paints, yeah, that paints a broader picture and yeah. helps me actually. Yeah. But so my full circle moment with it is like acknowledging all that dysfunction and all that pain. There's this thing because I truly believe that like all of life is paradoxical and there's like a good and bad in everything. And so I can't just be like. You would think that I could just be like, prayer is stupid or prayer is bad and just write it off. By that big of a life experience that's shitty about it, you would mm-hmm. think I would just write it off. But I truly believe that there's good in like every thing in life. And I'm like, oh, that was a shitty way that humans used this thing. And, and humans did shitty things. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I can entirely name that and throw that in the fire. Mm. <laughs> and then whatever is um, actually good about whatever this prayer thing is, live into that. And so what I found, the way that I define prayer is anything that I need to say to move myself forward in life. Anything I need to say. So sometimes I need to say I'm not okay right now. And to me, that's prayer. To me, sitting down, taking a deep breath and saying, I'm not doing well right now is a prayer. It is something I need to say out loud or in my own head, or not out loud, whatever. It's, yeah. it's, it's language, it's words, it's speaking something that moves me forward in my life. Um, because again, back to that, like, it's all about being human. Like, we're here on this ball of dirt, in, wrapped in skin, right? We're humans. Yeah. And so what do I need to say that has to do with my life? Is it I'm grateful? I'm so freaking grateful for this roof over my head? That's a prayer. Yeah. Is it I'm really not doing well right now? That's a prayer. Is it this fucking sucks. That's a prayer. That is prayer. That moves me through this awful time to say this sucks. So now if I were to go back to that little girl self who was losing her mom and to pray over her, I would say, girl, this fucking sucks. You don't deserve to go through this pain. You are hurting. And that would be my prayer. You know, like I would pray over her and it would be like so different and it would move that girl forward through her grief. Praying our grief is a, that's, that's a prayer. Mm. Speaking our grief is a prayer. Speaking our gratitude is a prayer. Speaking the hard things in our relationships with others. The times when I've needed to just say to my life partner, um, you know, these things that are going on are, aren't cool. We need to work on this. That's yeah. praying that moved us forward in our, our very human lives. Mm. And that, you know, like I said, how, like, what are we saying when we say God? What are we naming that to be? And yeah. then you name all these things, right? Like, that are very human. Love, peace, connection, joy, connection, yeah. belonging, all the thrill and wonder of life. Speak those things. That's prayer. Mm. And so every day, like I'm a strug- I'm a person who struggles big time with depression and anxiety and just like every day waking up and going, oh, there's another day? Shit, I have to live another day? Fuck. <laughs> like, oh, how am I going to do this? And so I, 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 
I live on prayer because I wake up and I say the things I need to say. I go out into my gorgeous living room and say, thank you, God, for this living room. And gratitude always moves us forward in life, always. Um, And so does grief. Naming the things that are really, really hard for me moves me forward. And so I see that as a prayer because it's communication, right? Like when we were saying that thing about like, what do you name as God and it's life things like, so if prayer is communication with God, like that's how people used to name it. Right. Right. So, and if God is all the things about humanity that we experience in, in their fullness and light, then when I communicate with that, it's just any communication I have about life and to life that gets me going and and moves me forward. That's a prayer. And I practice that daily, Mm. you know, it's, it's been life changing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can tell, like, yeah. <laughs> I can hear yeah. it, yeah. Um, uh, like your passion behind that. do that with like some real intentionality too I do because like, I believe in intention yeah, yeah. so I think that's yeah. um, I think that's a place I haven't I haven't gone to that's yet. so hard well and I, yeah because I think I can I can identify moments I think when mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, like if, last night in my yoga practice <laughs> um, we um, the instructor had us pull cards these like I don't, I don't know what they were like cards that had words. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I'm learning. Uh, but, but she had these like inspirational cards, I guess, but they had like an instruction on one side and something else. Anyway, maybe an affirmation maybe on the other side. Yeah. An affirmation okay. on the other. And, and one was my, the one I pulled and you're just supposed to like pull based on the energy and everything. And it's wow. like, it's very woo woo. And I'm all like, I don't know, I'm going to try this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just pulled one that said, um, I'm I'm uh, going to I'm going to find new ways to um, take care of my health or something oh, something yeah. like that. Oh yeah, an intention that. that you set. Those are prayers. I guess that's yeah yeah. 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 So, but I very much felt. I guess I wouldn't have called it this in the moment because I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. In those terms, but like, I did. I set that at the beginning of the yoga class, and I was like, I'm gonna I'm really gonna focus on this. Yeah. For this hour, as I and it. Uh, like now I guess I could look back and say in the terms in which you've couched it just now, like I can call that a prayer and I, th- I could be mm-hmm. okay with that. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the other hang up for me is like the communication with God peace. But yeah. again, like, I mean, the, I, I say, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Well, how you, and but how you've laid it out here yeah. is really nice. Like really, yeah. um, like I'm not talking to the you know the guy in the sky you with are not the white to beard. You're talking to an ethereal, otherworldly being. Yeah, yeah I don't even. Th- yeah, I can't. You're communicating with life here on this yeah. ball of dirt. Mm, yeah. Yourself, your partner in life, your friendships, mm-hmm. your intentions, your being, your experience, your spirituality, your sexuality, yeah. your home. That is where you are. This is what. And so that is what you pray for. Yeah. Right? This is what yeah. I'm. Um, uh, I've talked about this on recent episodes too, but we're, you know, we're with Colby and, um, the group of guys I meet with on Tuesday, we're reading Brene's 
Brene Brown's book, um, Braving the Wilderness, and, and it's talking talking about belonging to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I am hearing like yeah. come out of everything you're saying right now. It's yeah. like like I'm like I love the idea. This is a new one for me too that I know like probably should have gotten a long time ago, but the idea that I can have a relationship with myself, that I can talk to myself. <laughs> like um and by myself, you know, I'm I'm I mean, I think I am referring to the like divine spark, like the things that, you know, people have talked about spirit, like, um, like that's what belonging to yourself means for me right now as I'm like learning about it. Um, and so in that sense, yeah, I am, I guess I'm praying all the time because I'm, I'm trying to talk to myself. Right. (laughs) I'm trying to like my past self, like we've been talking about the P that, you know, all the different milestones in my past that I've like, that I'm looking at yes. and like recognizing and saying like, that was a yes. moment for me. And I need to like acknowledge that kid or that yes. young man and say like, what, what, like what you were experiencing there. Like I validate that or like what you did there, that choice you made, like that was a good one. Oh um, yeah. You know, all of those things. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just, it might take me a second to call it all prayer again, but like. yeah, and and you know, if you don't need to, you don't need yeah. to. For me, I need to because I'm just obsessed with anything subversive, right? Like I just uh, love flipping the whole thing upside down. Yeah. Like if that thing hurt me that bad, then I want to take it and, uh. and and do what I need to do with it. And so when I discovered that there was this thing, this experience, this speaking life into myself that I was describing as anything I need to say to move myself forward. When I realized that there was this way I could talk to myself and to the world that moved me forward, that that existed as a thing. I decided I wanted to name that prayer Mm. an old word that I used to use for something else because that, that brought healing to me to use an old thing that hurt me to, to name something new that gave me life. I love that. Like that was brand new life for me. And that was, that was important. I, I don't know that that would be the case for everybody, you know? Maybe not, um, but I can totally relate to what yeah. you're saying right now, because that is a big reason. As much as I like, you know, sometimes struggle with wanting, you know, explaining, Oh, I go to a church, but it's not that church, you know, like it's not that, right. like right. part of me loves that I can. And actually I did just make, <laughs> I know I was saying like, I'm not about like, fiery Facebook posts anymore. But I did just, I just, I just posted on Facebook, like, um, something about being an apostate who leads music at a church. Oh yeah. I saw that post. That was great. Um, and you were like, it means I can listen to, and you named oh, yeah. like two very opposite. <laughs> yeah. I can listen to, to uh, Dave Bazan's curse your and branches Amy Grant. <laughs> and Amy Grant's lead me on and not have this spiritual whiplash. I love it so much. But like part of it, part, part of even like putting that post out there was being able to like claim that for myself and say like, right. I'm an apostate. Like, I feel that that is true about me. I have left my faith. Like, the faith Absolutely. I, I inherited. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, this is also a thing that is true about me. I lead music at a church here in San Diego. Um, and just realizing that, like, those two things, I can't, like, this. I love the subversive act of that, yeah. I guess. Like, just right. for myself personally. Yeah. Especially when I think about the kid I was and the young man I was. Like, right. Um, just trying desperately so hard to, I mean, I went through five years of like conversion, like trying to be straight therapy oh, my love. so that I could fit into, so that I did not have to lose my church. Yeah. Like that is, that that's a lot for a person mm-hmm. to do, mm-hmm. to hold on to something. It is. And 
now I can be like, I can like hold that guy, you know? Yeah, you can and speak words of life into him. Yeah. And, that, yeah. and be yeah. a little subversive about it. The other thing I, I love, love about the subversive piece of that is I've told this story too, but I feel like you can't say it enough because, <laughs> um, it was through a small group at Sojo that was a queer group talking about reconciling your faith and your sexuality. That's my favorite story ever. I love it so much. um, Because it was so inspiring to me to sit. I sat in the room and I was like, you know, I raised my hand first. And I was like, no, I don't have to reconcile my faith and my spirituality because I'm not a Christian. Or excuse me, my faith faith and my sexuality. Yeah, I have nothing to reconcile. I'm not a Christian. What's the problem? (laughs) And then to go around the room and see these other like beautiful souls talk about, Mm -hmm. yeah, but I'm not going to abdicate my spot. I'm not going to give it up. I'm not, I'm not relinquishing my voice so that somebody else can step into my place and speak hate or speak, not even, you know, hate, but just to speak like this subtle, like oppressive, you know, to maintain the status quo that like right. queer is not okay. Like I'm right. not going to give up my spot in this, call it an institution if you want, but whatever it is, whatever yeah. it is, like I'm going to be in it because I'm not going away. Cause you told me to. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Like I that know. lit a fire in my belly. That spoke to your sweet, fiery, just sure did. It, sure did. Yeah. it gave me and a reason. And out of that, you wrote the best song that has oh. ever been written ever in the history <laughs> of humanity. Ever, ever, ever. I, that, I do love that song too. You're right. But that, that, but that's, I don't feel like that's my song either. Like, oh, I don't, I'm not like, that's like, I wrote that. I feel like that right. is a, that's an experience that happened to me in the context of community and relationship. Right. And I was giving, just trying to give voice to what these people said in the room. Which, oh my God, can I just say, I know this is so geeky of me, but like, that is a prayer. Like you prayed for our congregation in Mm. that song, right? Like you just said that you just said you didn't write it. Like it's not you, like you wrote it for these people to like give voice to something for them. Like, Mm. so when people say, cause we, I spoke a lot to like prayer for myself, right? Like what I need to say to move myself forward. But then there's the whole world of, I will pray for you, Mm. you know, which I know I just used a mocking tone because that's how I feel about it. (laughs) You know, I will pray for you. I'll pray for you. Um, you know, all the people who prayed for my mom and I'm just like, okay, what even is that? But you just named what that is. You know, you gave voice to something that people needed a voice to You prayed for them. That's fucking subversive as hell, and I love it so much, and it's so good, and it moves us forward. Like, I heard that song, and I felt my life move forward. Mm. That, that to me, is everything. That, um... Okay, like, the whole soft thing, like, (laughs) (laughs) that's happening right now. Love you. I'm feeling, uh... That's a big deal, actually, to think about that song as being able to like pray for people yeah because that's i don't do that yeah or you know in my mind that's not something that is an option for me to like pray for people you do it for me every sunday oh shit (laughs) (laughs) that's really cool i'm glad we got into prayer i really wanted to i was having a lot of feelings swirling around that um listening Mm -hmm. to you today Thank you, Kate. Did we, is there anything that 
spring to mind that, that we didn't get to or <laughs> probably I could sit here and talk I mean, with you I forever. Know, like, yeah. So anything like crazy vital last Jerry Springer's final thought or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> this has been really good. I kind of needed this today actually. So mm, good. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a huge heathen fan, so it was like almost nerve wracking to come here and be a part of this. It's so funny. You sit, you're my producer for my podcast, and so you sit and like <laughs> are there with me every time I record. And so now it's fun to like turn in and right. have it be a different experience. And yeah, it's so much fun. I love it. I love talking with you. I love it too. I could, I could do it a lot, a lot more. Well, folks, if you ha- can't get enough of Kate like me, <laughs> um, yeah, do check out her podcast, your podcast, which is called The Kate and Colby Show. Oh, thanks. And which I do produce. Sorry, I didn't mean to plug that. It's no, just... I, that's like, I want <laughs> I want you to be able to. And um, like I said, I'll put the link to your website <clears throat> in the show notes so people can read some of the beautiful things you've written. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend She Was Called and About Church. I mean, I recommend all of them, but some of the ones <laughs> I went through today that just really like were so good and spoke to me. Um, but yeah, The Kate and Colby Show. If you're in San Diego, come check out Sojourn Grace Collective, which is like, you know. I think we described it. We described it, yeah, pretty well. So (laughs) thanks, Kate. Thanks, Matthew. Love you. Love you. Thus concludes season one of Heathen. Don't go too far because season two starts in just two weeks. I'm excited to introduce you to my new co host and an expanded format that takes us back to weekly episodes. Thank you so much for going on this journey with me. I hope you'll reach out with any topics or questions you'd like us to address in season two. You can reach me at askheathen at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the handle at Heathen Podcast. Hey, please leave us a five-star review if you love the show. And until next time, here's to the heathens.